on this episode of AV Week, acquisitions galore. What does that mean for integrators as they uh, either lose or gain product lines? Also, what does that mean for the technologies moving forward? How do you go from working for an integrator to a manufacturer or vice versa? Plus, what are some of our plans for Infocom? All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Biamp. This is AV Week, episode 243, recorded Friday, April 22nd, 2016. A symbol of the times. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. Welcome. We're going to wrap up, well, a boatload of acquisitions and some other news as well. Uh, but first, to uh, to talk about this, this is the brain trust for this week. First and foremost, uh, the left-hand side of my brain. Uh, his name is George Tucker, uh, also engineering coordinator for World Stage. Welcome, sir. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, also with us uh, is Mr. Jamie Caldera. Uh, he is from a company called ZDI. Welcome, sir. Hello. How are you? Good. Uh, and last but not least, uh, it's not afternoon. It's early evening for our good friend, Mr. Ed Morgan. But thank you very much for staying up and hanging out with us, sir. No, you're very welcome. It was great to, great to be on the show. So I'm really excited. Absolutely. And Ed's from, uh, Ed's from uh, a company called Display Note. Uh, also from Ireland, if you couldn't tell. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes. I mean, it's, it's Irish or it's Jersey, one of the two. Um, all right. So let's see. Here's the thing, guys. And, and if you've ever, if you've never watched AV Week and you've ever been on, what I typically do is I, I get people, I con them into giving me half an hour of their week. Um, and, and then I send them all these stories, right? And the, the articles that I sent these fine gentlemen this week, I think I basically said, here's a boatload of articles on people getting bought. Read a couple of them because mm -hmm. it's all about the same topic. Holy crap, yeah. everybody's getting bought. Um, so here's what, let's yeah. just kind of run down it. Last week it was, or two weeks two weeks ago, it was Milestone buying Vadio, right? Um, last week, right before the show hit, it was uh, Polycom getting bought uh, by Mitel. We kind of mentioned it at the top of the show, and I'll be very frank. I didn't have enough information about Mitel to speak intelligently about it, and, and neither did uh, any of the guests at that point in time because it had just happened. So we just kind of said, here's... Here's instant information, you know, do with it what you will. Now we've got um, Alpha Video uh, acquiring uh, Video Tech. You've got uh, a company that if you've ever ran around in the world of testing equipment, um, a company called Teledyne LaCroix is buying. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, good Lord, they're, they're, where the heck did that go? Ah, this is awesome. Quantum Data, good lord, just went out of my head. Uh, Quantum Data, and last but not least, Legrand is getting into, uh, is buying Luxel. So, all of that, and what this means, not only to, obviously, these, these 
these people and their individual companies. But what does that mean to, to the display uh, chain? What does that mean when you're designing systems? What does that mean when you're trying to put these systems in? George, you can tackle one of these or just take a look at these as a whole because one of the things that has been written about and pontificated on in various um, various uh, uh, Twitter verses and, and Facebook uh, updates is this is not over yet, right? This is just the beginning of what some people have called acquisition season, meaning the, the lead up to Infocom. So what do all these mean? Well, we're not alone in that also. I mean, uh, it's the mergers and acquisitions season for Bloomberg and all the rest of those uh, financials watching people. So tis the season uh, for all of that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I can basically sum it up with quoting Spaceballs or modifying that. It's the search for more ecosystem. I think as we elbow each other in a small market when markets overlapping each other, you have a need to secure what your network's going to need, especially that word network. Um, okay. Almost all of these are about acquiring methods of delivering that content and keeping it reliable. So, I mean, my tell with Polycom, uh, not only do they get the telecommunication, but they also get this sort of secure and, and robust network. The same thing with um, the buying Luxel, uh, Legrand. This is all about getting that systems and their systems to be reliable and have the source to do that and have a one-stop shop. So, you know, manufacturers do it sometimes when they make their own or you acquire. So I, I really think that's where that's going. It's ecosystem all the way. All right, Jeremy. When it comes to designing these systems, and and you've got you've got established brands, right? And I'm I'm going to pick on Polycom and Mitel for a second. You have established brands that you know you like you, you whether or not you you like them, but you've used them for a number of years. You know how they operate. You know how they work. How does this figure into not only your design but also your commissioning of these systems? Well, I think it, it's going to make it very interesting because you, now you have a whole possibly more product that you have available to you, right? Uh, or you've lost product, right? So, uh, I mean, some dealers may, you know, they just may be cut off. Some dealers may be picked up. So now you've got a whole other, you know, even think of Mitel. How many Mitel dealers are out there that are now going to have access to all the Polycom stuff? So now there's a whole realm of competition as well. So, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to look at this, um, but from a design perspective, I mean, it's usually always a good thing whenever you get more, you know, product to choose from, I think. Well, and, and you make a good point is, have you seen, it maybe in the past, not asking about these specific mergers, have you seen in the past where suddenly you don't have access to a product line, right? Where, you know, brand A is going to buy brand B and they're like, you know what? I don't know you. I don't, you know, I don't, your numbers don't look that great to me. Yeah, you're out, you know, where suddenly you're kind of screwed. You're kind of screwed where you you had a product line two seconds ago and suddenly you don't. Have you ever seen that happen? Uh, on a smaller scale, yes. Um, I mean, I've had some, I've had some, had some cases where we've been dropped, but it was, it was a, you know, not a next day type of thing, right? I mean, it, it took time. Uh, a lot of them are really good about honoring quotes and, and requests and, and, and things of that nature. But like I said, you know, sometimes when you're, a, you know, if you're a small fish in a big pond, when you, when you're talking about large companies like that, um, I mean, you know, who who are you to them, really? You know, so I mean, your numbers could be huge, you know, in the world of AV. But then when you look at it in the world of, you know, I, I pick on Mitel, you know, Polycom. I mean, in the world of yeah. Mitel, right? Your numbers aren't very big. So absolutely, yeah, you're talking about a multi, you know, a multi-billion-dollar uh, company. So. 
Uh, all right, Ed, you have an interesting uh, perspective here because Ed, uh, their manufacturing side, you guys have have done um, a number of different contracts and agreements. One uh, most recently with NEC. How does yeah. stuff like this play into um, when you when you ta- start talking about acquisitions? How do those relationships? Do they help you, or or, or once once somebody starts? And, and just to be clear, Ed's not getting bought, right? I'm just using him as 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 our token manufacturer here. Um, you know, how do these conversations? And you walk through this. I understand a contract is a contract, right? And when you buy a company, yeah. you're buying all the baggage, and, and you're buying the good and the bad. But how do you walk yeah. through that? Um, well, before I get into that, the, the first. The last time I was on the show, um, Cisco had just stumped up nearly seven hundred and fifty million for a cano. Yeah, uh, I said at the time this is going to be you're going to see lots more acquisitions. And now I got the uh, the call list for the show this week, and I see four or five <laughs> acquisitions like Crocky. I got it right. Um, you did. How it plays out. Yeah, yeah. So the next time I'm back on, I think it'll it'll grow exponentially. Uh, and to take George's analogy, the the logical conclusion for that is we're left with one company. Everyone else has bought everyone else. We're just left with one thing. Um, I guess how it plays out. I don't have any personal experience of how it, you know, plays out from end from end to end. Um, you know, being in the business that we we're being a manufacturer and coming from a, from from the smaller side of things and we've had those you know the, there have been those kinds of conversations and sometimes they're a distraction and they take you away from the core business of you know, producing good product for for customers and you know you've got a, a large multinational oh, well we could potentially buy you guys and so that's for us you have to keep your eyes away from that if it happens it happens um, Speaking how it would actually play out then, if it did happen, I don't know. Um, I don't know how labor goes from one company to another, so I can't really speak of what that's like at a end stage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the one, one, and we're going to get to our, our next story here real quick, but but Ed brings up a, a good point where one of the things that have been has been bandied about, kind of in, you know tongue in cheek, is the fact that eventually there's going to be one giant booth at Infocom, right? Um, the question yeah. is, you know, who 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 is whose whose name is on that booth, right? Uh, is it Alphabet? Uh, Alphabet, if you're not aware, is the is the parent company of, of Google and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, is it Cisco? Um, is it a a uh, derivative or, or a version of Harman at this point? Um, because let's be honest, Harman, I know for the last two or three years in a row, right before or around Infocom, has announced some sort of acquisition. Technically, yes, I'm aware. Last last year's acquisition of SVSI was technically not Harman. It was it was AMX who purchased them. But let's be honest here. It's you know it's like saying that my kid bought something. They didn't buy anything. It was my money. Um, so you know it it, it let's kind of play this out. George, is there? We're, we're not going to get to one booth. I understand that. But is there somebody either inside or outside of AV that is poised to be this gargantuan gorilla? Oh, George, there, George. I'm here. There you I'm are. Here. Yeah, you went away from me too. I don't know why. Huh. Um, all right. So, is is there one gargantuan from the outside, or somebody who's going to sneak in? Is there, I think was the question you asked. Yeah. I, besides you mentioning, say Alphabet, who seems to be buying up all these little small companies and then disposing of them in certain ways. 
We'll see if that technology rolls into something greater. And, and that has been the that has been a concern, I guess, for a while. But look, Microsoft has been trying to do it for on a decade now, or more, uh, with their smart home technologies and their smart home demonstrations and and everything else. And Apple seems to be inching its way towards that and had the right ecosystem model. But it's a big business. Even though I said earlier it's small, it's a big enough business that there's always going to be some variable of companies that will be doing it not off the shelf and not in a sort of cordoned off ecosystem. So I'm not afraid of that. I'm really more interested in seeing what these upstart developers and Kickstarter guys are going to come up with that may just change how we do certain things. And that means our models change, but we're still going to be putting AV into people's houses or into their boardrooms. All right. Jeremy, is there anybody? Yes, it... Go ahead, Ed. Sorry, sorry, Tim. Um, Go. I'm thinking, um, you know, with, with larger companies and obviously they always have, you know, one eye on, or certainly more now than before on, on disruptors. And they're aware of how quickly small startups can go to be a disruptor in a short space of time. So now they're thinking, well, let's not wait. Let's just buy them out and, and suck up their IP and and take them into our company rather than uh, watching this play out over three, four years. Well, not only that, but also their their talent too, right? And that's that's been one of the one of the motivations from my limited understanding of of the reason Google buys Nest, right? Or why somebody, you know, why Apple does some of their acquisitions is, uh, it's not necessarily the product themselves. It's it's the, the talent, the engineering talent that comes along with that. So, uh, Jeremy, is there is there maybe one one uh, company that we should all look out for to be this this overarching mammoth? No, you know, I mean, I see the Cisco's of the world, you know. I mean, I see them starting to acquire things, and uh, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how... how uh, how that plays out with a lot of stuff that they're going to be doing in the future. Um, you know, Microsoft, I mean, you never know what they're going to do. <laughs> they just seem to be the big big elephant in the room. You, never, you know, you just, nobody ever knows. But, uh, you know, I'd say from from what I've been seeing recently, it's, it's you know, more of the Cisco's and people like that. That makes sense. Uh, you also don't know when Microsoft is going to ship whatever it is they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, Tim, yes. just, just as a sort of follow through on this or loop back, we've got, we're an industry that's gone through multiple multiple sorry multiple episodes of what we once relied on as being the thing that we did normally going away uh, and we found ways to differentiate ourselves as manufacturers as installers as uh, techs in the field so that's sort of what I want to get back to in that statement is that you know regardless of how big and how comprehensive some of these companies may be into the world we are there's always a way that we differentiate ourselves whether it's customized uh, um, screens and, and GUIs, or whether it's applying that that technology in a way that just can't be done out of the box, I'm still a firm believer that they'll make our jobs easier and our ROI better. It's just we won't be doing uh, flat panel hangs on over the fireplaces anymore. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 as long as and as long as we as integrators adjust to that and adjust to mm -hmm. that new reality, we'll still be in business. And, and you've yeah. you've preached for years on 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 Aviation about how we can no longer be you know display hangers we cannot be hanging banging we have to adjust otherwise we're going to be out of business so yeah uh all right next up here guys it's an interesting topic and, and understand a lot of times when when i pick topics the stories themselves are not necessarily interesting i'm sure mr davies uh is a very interesting guy <laughs> uh but it's more about the the uh, topic here uh from uh friends over at innovate on the net brian davies is moving from amx to uh uk integrator gv multimedia uh, he's the new uh, development director for Northern England and Scotland. Why does that matter? Well, 
Again, very nice guy, very interesting guy. Here's where, where I want to go with this, though, guys. Um, George's is one of the few people that I know personally that has, has made this, this transition. And so we're going to end up with him. But it, the idea here is, and the question is, how do you successfully navigate your career between manufacturer and integrator? I'm not going to say one direction or another because I know both, right? I, I know some great integrators who have gone on to work for manufacturers and some very talented folks who've worked for manufacturers who've gone on to work for integrators. Uh, Jeremy, I'm going to pick on you here. You're, you're the one who works for the integrator uh, properly. George does live staging as well as integration. Um, if you were you were um, counseling someone, right? Uh, Jeremy also teaches at, at Columbia College. He has access to some great young AV professionals. You're, you're talking to a student, right? And whether it, whether wherever they are in their life, in their career, how would you say? You know what? If, if you want to move from point A to point B, how would you successfully navigate that? I would tell everyone that integration is where you need to go to first. I, I always find it interesting okay. when. Manufacturers go to integrators. It just it seems backwards to me. I, I, I don't understand that. I don't know why. I think that's just always been what I've experienced in my entire career. Is it seems to go that you go from integration to consulting to manufacturing. Like that seems to be like okay. for some reason maybe the perceived upward mobility. Although I don't know that that's necessarily true, right? But uh, I, I think from an integration standpoint, you learn everything, right? I mean, you can get your hands into everything from install to design, engineering, you know, whatever, project management. Uh, you know, you can get the whole wide gamut of stuff to, to do. And then from the manufacturing side, you're kind of just, you know, stuck representing the manufacturer, doing whatever it is that you're doing for that one manufacturer. If it's development of this or sales of that or repping this or whatever, you know. Um, you're, you're kind of pigeonholed, if you will, to one certain area of expertise, yeah. right? So to go from that into integration, you know, it, to me, I would be completely lost, right? But I could see a logical step going from integration to something like that, um, where you're sick of the crazy hours and the, uh, uh, you know, the little pay and the complaining customers, and you just want to go to something a little bit more uh, relaxed, right? At least that's, that's the way I see it. You know, <laughs> okay, so I agree. Some of the manufacturers may not agree with me on that at all by any stretch of the imagination. But As, uh, as luck would have it, we have a manufacturer on. So, Ed, tell Jeremy all yeah. about your relaxed life and your three-hour work yep. days and your yep. five Guinness that's, that's, how we see it. that's exactly how we yep. see it. <laughs> it, used to be three hour, it used to be a three-hour work day. It's so, uh, it's now down to two. Oh, um, so, Bless and that's you. and that's one day a week. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty nice that if the pay is uh, beyond my wildest dreams, um, I don't really have to worry about anything. So, I do one podcast, um, send a few emails, and that's it. Um, it, it. Do you know what? For for an integrator, it must be nice to have an absolute arsenal of of solutions that you can choose from to say, okay, and shape how a project may turn out. You have a lot of things at your disposal where uh, may not be the case in manufacturers. You may have one widget and you have to really think about how you position that widget. So, yeah, um, we'll uh, ag agree to disagree. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, <laughs> all kidding aside, I mean, we all have, I have stresses. I, I know, <laughs> this is what I do for a living now, so I'm, I'm jazzed. Um, but and, and I'm going to end up with with Tucker here because he's the he's the only one of us four who's done both sides. But um, 
so I've been tech manager, I've done programming, uh, and I've done uh, integration and stuff like that, right? Consulting. Never done the, the manufacturing side. Um, so I've always been fascinated by it. Um, and and there are goods and bads. I mean, one of, one of, one of my dearest friends has been a rep for two separate companies. Um, worked directly for that company is also is currently an independent rep. You know, it, it's, it's a not a great, you know, it's a great life if you don't have a family, right? It's a great life if you, if you enjoy travel and in a different city every, every day. Um, and if you want to rent, you know, a hundred by hundred, uh, apartment and that's kind of where your mail goes and you, and you see it once a month, not a great life. You know, if, you know, uh, one of the, the board members for AB nation, uh, has been out of country for three, four weeks now, right? Uh, missed his wife's birthday, so you know that that's that's the downside of of the manufacturing. So, all right, Mr. Tucker, give me give me the good, bad, and ugly from both sides, hmm. and how do well, you I've transition? Gone both, I've gone both ways twice. Um, I've gone from an integrator to a manufacturer, from a manufacturer to an integrator. Yes, I know phrasing. Phrasing. Thank live you. With, live with it. That will make a nice. Yeah. So I mean, look here's here's the advantages. Um, the manufacturer, it's it's both good and bad because. You are getting a lot of resources. You understand technologies. You get the first crack at understanding how that's being implemented and being given often the resources to learn that new technology, i.e. wireless or Ethernet when back in 10 years ago when they were first coming into control systems and to display systems. Nobody was really doing that, and we were getting the first crack at being able to understand it, advance our knowledge, and be real experts at it because we had to help the guys when they were putting it in. The bad part is you watch how the sausage is made, and sometimes that's not the most, uh, you know, appetizing thing to be a part of. Uh, there is the stuff that you wanted that didn't get in. There's the stuff that you know is bad you can't talk about, uh, and there's the problems being solved. But on the whole, it's about what you want. Um, is it an advancement to go from, say, integration to a, a manufacturer? Absolutely, but it's a whole different world, and you recalibrate how your life is lived. You don't go out as often. You don't get that excitement. The adrenaline's not pumping about getting this thing wired and the, the, the client being very happy about it. But you are at a desk and you are being able to research stuff. But the frenetic pace inside manufacturing, and Eddie can attest this, is far more than people would imagine. It's not the slow-paced, casual, thinking of the 1950s kind of life, leave it to beaver home at five, because... <laughs> You are really under pressure to get things right, get it done, and then solve the problems. It's almost worse than yeah. being in the field. You can at least in the field go, um, we're talking to the manufacturer, they screwed up, and i got to get an answer for them, I'll leave. <laughs> well, now, you know, I mean, you can always offset the blame. Your manufacturer went, yeah, I don't care what's happening, it's my fault. Well, so, yes, there's some of that <laughs> on both ends. And, and Well, listen, if somebody sees that logo, and whether or not your equipment is actually causing it, but that logo is the majority of that rack, it's your problem. Or it's the biggest one on the right. You know, yeah, the, the biggest one. It doesn't matter. You are, or the one that they use the most. It could, it could be the remote. It has nothing to do with anything else, but your remote, you're the problem. Amen. So, you so, know. Funny, Go ahead. You should, say, you should say that, George. Um, you know, with our uh, partnership with NEC, we put a uh, display note on like, uh, I think it was like eight or 900,000 of their interactive. Just say uh, a million, Ed. Just say, round it up to a million and say a million. But, um, so they they were going into Dunkin' Donuts and they were going all around the world and we were getting calls from like Dunkin' Donuts saying hey, display note I can't turn on your screen, you know where's the remote control? Blah, 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 blah. So it's like we we you know it's not our screen. No. But yeah, our logo was there. So we were, 
Okay, so so Tucker, if, if you, I'm not going to say if you've had your have your druthers. Uh, World Series is a very good company. Is there, are there? I guess what West Bay asked this is, what are the benefits to both? Right? What are the benefits to working for a manufacturer, and what are the benefits for working, well, you know, more in the field? I think I think it's part of what I just said is that as a manufacturer, you get access to certain levels and, and degrees of technology that you don't in the field. There's no time in the field. Often you have to learn it off the cuff while you're going. Yeah, you send your guys to training, but they're not going to learn all they need to learn while they're in the field. And then giving those certain people time to say, okay, you're not going on job sites this week. I'm going to have you learn this particular thing, and you'll be responsible for it. That's great, but that hurts your bottom line. That means you've got guys working extra time. Manufacturer can schedule their employees to rotate, and everybody takes the load evenly, and you sort of distribute it. You can do that in an integrator, but it's far easier in a corporate structure to make that happen and to get the resources to do it. Um, it, it really is that, that that's the advantage right there. Uh, the advantage of the field is that you see it in action, and there's often times that you see uses for something that the manufacturer went, well, I never intended it for that, but that's a great use. I can't tell you how many times we've seen that. Yeah. Like, oh, they're selling like that for that? Great. You know, but it takes those guys pushing the envelope in the field to figure that yeah. out. Yeah. All right. Um, you know what, guys? We, we were going to do one more story, but we're in we're at a weird time slot, so we're going to we're going to wrap this one up then. Uh, thank you so much, um, Mr. Caldera. How do people find you? Uh, well, I've got uh, ZDIInc.net's our website, and at Jeremy underscore called there is my Twitter. So, and if anybody wants to learn from your fine self, how would they do so? Well, uh, if you're uh, college age, you can go to uh, Columbia College. Do I look if, college uh, age, Jeremy? Infocom, yes. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I, mean, I, I should have said this beforehand. Yes, I'm looking for the. Yeah. Uh, yes, if you're college Bye, age, go to Columbia. But the Infocom but, uh, classes. Yeah, no, if you're going to Infocom this year, I will be teaching Design One with uh, Mr. Espinoza. So. Mm, very cool. All right, sir. And uh, Jeremy is also um, the chair of the CTS uh, Steering Committee, so thank you, sir. Uh, also with us is Mr. Ed Morgan. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Tim. And how do really people appreciate it? Absolutely. And how do people find you? Uh, DisplayNote.com or at DisplayNote if you're on Twitter. All right, very good. Um, Ed, I'm going to come back to you first after I get Mr. Tucker's Twitter handle and stuff like that. So, Mr. Tucker, how do people find you? No, of course, at almost any social media platform, at Tucker Twos, uh, right for Commercial Integrator, Higher Education, and some other publications out there as well. Including Instagram. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm on Instagram now, yeah. Old Man Tucker finally got on Instagram. And so. Snapchat, but I don't know what I'm doing. You're on Snapchat? Snapchat? Yeah. I didn't know that. Blame Neto. I think I think you can blame me on that one because we're gonna we're so here's let's talk about Infocom for a second and and uh, I'll bring Ed back in for a second. Um, so we're gonna try to do kind of a community wide thing with with uh, Snapchat. There's something on Snapchat called My Story, and if enough of us do a story geolocated, in other words, as we're all getting to Vegas this year and we start posting. Um, things in and around um, uh, Infocom, we could, in theory, create a, 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 a geolocated my story as a community uh, around Infocom. Uh, now, none of us are big enough to buy one, right? None of us are, we're not CNN uh, or Vogue or, or whichever the other ones that are on um, Snapchat right now as, as actual brands. But if we all get together, we could do that. And that's one of the things we're doing. The other thing I wanted to mention yeah. is... Um, 
so <coughs> Pavey Nation is, is, is funded by underwriters, and there's a reason for that, and you can go on our website and find out. Um, we, we just signed up a new one, and it came official yesterday, and it's a company called Biamp. Great audio company. They do really cool things uh, with uh, AVB, TSN. They've done DSPs for years. They have some other really cool products. And it, it, the reason I'm coming back to Ed is Ed is also one, not Ed personally. He didn't write me a check personally, but his company did, Display Note. Um, so, Ed, I'm going to put you on the spot, and I should have warned you this, but I didn't. Uh, why did Display Note um, decide to underwrite Aviation? Um, well, this probably is a, an exact replica of my answer at ISE. Um, we uh, watched the podcast. I've read the blogs. I've been following, you know, your social media profiles for quite a while before we even thought about it. And it was—it's just a real interest for us. It's clearly that you guys support, care about deeply the AV and the wider AV community. So it was just we want to support you continue to do that. Um, it's not completely altruistic. You know, you guys are, you know, very good at supporting your underwriters as well and making them. Introducing them to other companies and you know talking about them as well. So um, yeah, for those reasons, but really stem from being aware of, of how much work you do within the in the AV community. So the industry. Oh, very cool. Well, thank you, sir, and thank you. And and display Notman again. You know our new one uh, by him, so you'll see them. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is, is we're doing some cool stuff. Um, they, one of the things we do at Infocom every year is, is our tweet up, right? And I say our tweet up is the tweet up. It, it's, it's one of the things that we do. We, it's a, it's a networking event. Bottom line, it's free food and free drinks for two hours at, on the show floor or, or close to the show floor. Um, right now the, it is, it's scheduled for Thursday, uh, June 9th, uh, between four and 6 PM. That is how much information I can tell you. The reason for that is if you went to last year's tweet up, you'll know that it was a little tight on the quarters. So we're getting a bigger room. Uh, I think at last year, uh, in my post-show blog, I mentioned getting a bigger boat or we're getting a bigger boat. So we're getting a bigger room for this year's tweet up. So we should have you a room sometime the next week or so. So check that out. Um, Chris Neto is going crazy with these things called AV Tweep stickers. If you want some, send him a, an email or a DM. Uh, they, they've been doing stuff. Um, if you go to photos.avnation.tv, Chris, and, and they've got some really cool, interesting places where people have put the stickers. I'll just put it that Did way. you see the one that I did, Tim? I saw the one that you did with the oh, uh, graduating right. class. It was very cool. Uh, oh, that was from you. That was Yeah, it was Jeremy's, Jeremy's uh, right. uh, Columbia College class. That was very cool. So thank you guys for that. And, again, if you need some, um, I think at this point we've, We've produced and sent out something in the neighborhood of six thousand stickers <laughs> since since this crazy idea came up. So, um, and we are we're actually going to create some. We're going to produce some more for for Infocom, so we'll have some. So yeah, um, all of that. Go by the website avnation.tv avnation.tv. You'll find this program. Uh, our residential version of it is called Resi Week. It happens on Mondays uh, and a whole bunch of monthlies as well. George, anything that uh, coming up that we need to lightcast or anybody else? Oh my gosh, yes. There's a bunch of light casts which are interviewing a number of uh, designers and uh, influencers in the lighting design community. Great, great stuff. Uh, fascinating people. Uh, we just did with one, one with uh, Robert Sonneman, uh, okay. who is a fantastic fixture and lighting designer. 
Uh, AV Apps has a few more coming out for the next few weeks. Live Life has a brand new team, so there are two Live Life teams, and one will be posted next week, and one's recording early Monday. Uh, and then there'll be some uh, some other little things that we're working on that'll come up very soon. All right. I uh, also have a special uh, state of control coming out uh, that we did live at the Crestron Masters. Um, and check out, uh, we have a new blogger. Her name is Joni, um, Yanni um, Sanchez. She did a very fascinating two-part series. And, and actually, Jeremy, she, you were one of the subjects where she kind of basically asked them, you know, career advice is my, my two cents, my synopsis of it. Um, Really great piece. Just check it out if you would please. It's a, yeah, again on the website avnation.tv. avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week. <laughs> <laughs>